Welcome, everybody, to this week's Science Metaverse podcast. Joining you from the Quest Pro, uh, this is Kato. And this is Steve. Yeah, so uh, as we mentioned, we're actually both in Quest Pros, and we have a prototype build working that lets us also record the audio uh, from the PC. So, um, yeah, we actually have production versions. You know, we've had dev kits before, but we now have official um, uh, production versions now. So... Um, I picked mine up from Best Buy on a, a Tuesday morning. I was actually in you know Philadelphia for a protein engineering conference, and um, yeah, it was great. I got to to show a bunch of people the the new headset, and everyone seems to love mixed reality and the form factor of this thing. So um, yeah, I, I'm excited. You know, it's finally out. Like we've been you know talking about it, waiting for it for for so long, and and it's like, hey, we're here, we're in it. Feels great. We could record our podcast in it. Yeah, uh, Steve, where am I uh, in mixed reality for you? Uh, you are in the middle of mine and Sam's office. Nice. Yes, you are in my office, in the middle of my office right now. Nice. Uh, yeah. Welcome to my office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, and I guess like how I would love to hear more about kind of the protein, protein engineering conference and how that went. Yeah, um, it was great. You know, everyone is, uh, you know, trying to optimize their, their proteins, whether it's enzymes, antibodies, uh, you know, you name it. And they're looking at, um, you know, specific amino acid residues in the protein and they're using, you know, various computational tools, directed evolution, um, you know, different approaches, uh, to optimize some of these proteins. And so when you, you know, put them into you know, mixed reality or virtual reality, um, and he showed them, uh, you know, the first question right off the bat is like, all right, can I change that residue? Uh, pretty much all of them asked that question. And the answer is yes. Yes, you could change that residue. Yes, you could make that um, into a, um, you know, a proline or you know, tryptamine or you know, whatever uh, amino acid you'd, you'd like. So, um, yeah, that was cool to just kind of engage with more protein engineers that um, you know, really uh, want to direct their algorithms in a better way, um, you know, really tell the computer which ones are of interest, which ones, um, you know, they want to be permutating through different combinations to try to really find that optimal protein combination. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun conference and uh, it was the first conference we got to show the Quest Pro at. So that was awesome. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, as uh, we mentioned before, we're both in Quest Pros right now. So you can judge for yourself what the mic quality sounds like. Um, but, you know, right off the bat, I do feel like it does sound a little bit more premium than the Quest 2. The Quest 2 already had a really great mic. Um, mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, do you feel the audio difference? Yeah. Well, it's a combo, right? You know, it's like the, the mic, which, you know, people could judge from home, I think, better the mic quality because they're using the same headphones or, or speakers all the time. So they could, you know, really do a, a side by side comparison with the last episode. Um, but with us, you know, when we're hearing each other, it's also the new um, audio, you know, the speakers that they have on the Quest Pro. So, yeah, I, I think it sounds better. could be a combination of, of microphone speakers and, you know, kind of all the above. Yeah, and another thing that uh, I've noticed, you know, now that um, we're actually using it for, like, podcasting purposes, and, you know, we actually, today, we, we uh, kind of demoed, like, four of our advisors. Um, and so, like, kind of... Uh, I feel like it, this week has been a, a crash course in finally demoing other people rather than 
rather than just our internal developers and engineers. Um, and so that's been really awesome. And, and I, and one of the things I've noticed off the bat, you know, I, I like to rest my controllers on my thighs quite a bit. Um, so that like, if I need to, you know, quickly look at my phone or if I need to do something with my hands, then I could easily do that. And in the quest two, um, or even the quest, like it, they would lose tracking after they were still for a while. Um, but because these are self track controllers, um, they, you know, keep their track, uh, correct track positions, which is nice. And then on top of that, um, what's even also cool is that because we have the meta avatars integrated, it's, it looks to you right now, I'm assuming, um, as if, you know, my arms are at a natural position. And then like right now my fingers are crossed and like they're more just kind of like a, you know, natural like uh, resting position without holding any controllers. So it's kind of a win-win that the, the self like, you know, small little things that these uh, self-track controllers allow, which is like, just a really nice quality of life improvements. Yeah, behind the back, like, um, yeah, I was trying it out with, like, a protein. Like, can I grab a protein, put it behind my back, and then, like, grab it behind my back, the other arm, and have it in front of me, you know, go full circle around. And you can, you know, like, that was something that would lose tracking, and, like, it wasn't sure um, you know, what was going on back there. But, yeah, because each controller tracks independently, um, it doesn't need to see the headset, the front of the headset, in order to track, um, like the Quest Two and the Quest One and the Rift S. Um, you know, those were all inside-out tracking of the controllers from the front of the headset. Um, but now they're inside-out tracked from the controller itself, so it could literally be, you know, anywhere and still be tracked. Yeah. Did you any? Did you get any comments about the controllers during the conference? Um, I, I think there was a lot less confusion, um, you know, especially like people being able to like look down and like see the buttons when I was like showing them everything and like they just kind of know how to hold it instantly. Like there seems to really only be one good way to hold these things versus um, when you have the, the rings, a lot of people would get a little bit confused if you know the ring is something where you're supposed to also uh, hold part of that or slip it onto your hands or something. But with these, it's like, yep, here it is. Pick them up. up. Um, yeah, they feel good. So I, I think people just kind of, uh, felt more natural with them generally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I think I, I heard you uh, talk about like an interesting reaction where people didn't realize that you could <laughs> see real life or whatever. Like, t- yeah, tell, tell us more about that. Yeah, well, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's like you, you give them the headset and it's like, you know, putting on a pair of like, I don't know, like, like lab glasses or something where, you know, you still see the world around you. And so you don't realize instantly that you have this digital pass-through. Like, yes, things look a bit grainy, um, but it took them a few seconds, I, I think, to realize like, oh, like this is all digital, you know? Like this isn't just like a, a see-through thing. Like, oh, wow, like there's a protein here too. So it was just like a few seconds where, you know, they put it on and it's almost like they didn't put it on yet. And then they realize, like, oh, it is on. Like, I'm just still in my surroundings. I can still see my environment. So it was a very natural transition. That's awesome. And, like, I'm assuming you also noticed, like, you know, my thesis has been that people would be uh, more confident in actually moving around. Like, you and I have both, you know, tried, like, since the OG Vive days of, like, room scale VR and, like, being able to naturally move around, like, VR fairly naturally. Um, I'm assuming that was also another kind of... um, thing that you saw or, or did you not see that much? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the conference uh, venue didn't have a, a huge amount of space, but um, yeah, I think people were more comfortable with, you know, kind of taking a few steps, like walking around the protein a little bit more. Um, you know, before people go in and put the headset on, they, uh, they ask, 
um, sometimes one of two questions, uh, which is, oh, can I like fly through a protein or can I like walk around a protein? And normally, personally, I just, you know, grab a protein and have it in my hands just in front of me. Um, but yeah, I feel like people do like walking around the protein and, and it's very natural to kind of like use your body to, to look around and, and see new features. Um, and so, yeah, with the mixed reality, you feel a lot more comfortable that you're not just going to trip on something, run into a table, run into another person. Um, you know, it's a conference, right? So people are moving around. Um, so yeah, it just feels a, a lot safer, a lot more comfortable, uh, especially for environments like a conference. Yeah. And uh, I guess kind of moving on to more of just the the packaging and the unboxing experience. Um, what do you think about the Quest Pro uh, package compared to uh, the Quest Two? Oh, it's complicated. Um, it's uh, <laughs> you know you you unbox it. And everything's nice and it's well put together. Um, but there's like some like hidden. Uh, there's a lot of hidden stuff in there. Um, you know, like taking out the the charging dock is underneath this uh, thing that you need to lift up and then there's just like all these little bits and pieces that I feel like people might throw away if they're not very cautious and, and careful about it um, but I don't know it's not the end of the world like most of the things um, I think were findable um, but yeah it's, it's a it's a large box so there's that and then the the case itself is also quite large but um, the reason why it's large is because I guess it's uh, rated for up to a four foot drop and so they have a lot more um, like padding type of stuff built into it, um, which makes it a bit larger. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, share that uh, sentiment you had about the puck being in such a hidden place. I like I thought that <laughs> yeah. like the packaging was it. And I'm like, huh, I don't know where the puck was. Uh, and then like you had to point it out to me and I was like, oh, my God, like. It's right there. Um, and so, yeah, just for those of you getting a Quest Pro, watch out. The puck is underneath the main portion or the middle portion of it. Of the, the It's like almost covered. It, it felt hidden, actually, like almost intentionally. So um, there was that. Another kind of really cool thing uh, that we've been able to, to try out um, is the facial tracking feature of uh, the Quest Pro. So we, um, you know, that actually hasn't been in included in Nanome. So we have, haven't been able to test that out, but we did get to go into the uh, home environment and uh, kind of mess around with it briefly. Um, yeah. What were your kind of thoughts on that, Steve? Uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think the the eyes uh, could probably be a bit more open by default. Like I, I think a lot of people with um, their regular gaze, um, it looks a little bit more squinty on the avatars with the eye tracking, but I think that's a fix they'll probably have rolled out pretty soon. Um, other than that, like um, I, I think it was pretty good. Like it was one moment where you were looking at your phone, and I was like, "Are your eyes closed?" And it's like, "No, you're just looking down." And um, which you know, I, I think most of your eyelids, when you look down at your phone or something, are pretty much blocking your eyes. But obviously, we can still see, um, you know, your phone at least. But um, yeah, the face movement is pretty cool. Like I was making some some weird faces. <laughs> tracking it well um so I, I think it's just cool that we are you know getting more immersed in the, in the metaverse and we're able to express ourselves more and i think uh, these little micro um adjustments micro facial cues um that we have in real life um you know they were getting lost um in in virtual reality 
Uh, but now, you know, you can actually capture them, which is, uh, you know, it's another form of nonverbal communication, which is really imp- important for social dynamics. Yeah. Although I have to say, you know, even without facial tracking, like with just the new avatars and kind mm-hmm. of the guesswork that they do based purely on audio is like really great. I mean, this is my first time yeah. uh, being in here long form with 1.24 with, uh, you know, for a podcasting purpose. And and also without a molecule, because usually, you know, when we demo people, we have a molecule, right? And this is like the first time where I'm literally using the anim just to talk with, with Steve and like, it's it's nice. It And, you know, I, obviously I could see real life because of the pass-through. Um, like, you know, there, there's a, a, like uh, the arms being able to be, you know, the inverse kinematics with uh, your controller moving around. It definitely feels... Like my body or my, yeah, I think my body and emotionally, I'm way more convinced that it is indeed, you know, there is somebody actually in front of me and that I should pay attention to uh, rather than this kind of, you know, blank uh, avatar or, you know, blue avatar that we used to have. Right. So, um, of course, we had to start it that way um, and definitely no regrets, but it's also just awesome to see the kind of the big iteration uh, and, and leap moving forward. Um and so, yeah, that's that. I mean, overall, uh, you know, I guess Steve, you know, you've been, you've seen a lot of different launches all the way back from the Vive to the uh, OG o- Oculus Rift. Um, you know, how how would you say this uh, this week compared in terms of other hardware launches? Uh, you know, I I think it's great. You know, I I love all of this, and obviously, you know, them going in enterprise is great. Um, yeah, it's been kind of uh getting mixed reviews like i think with the original um you know kickstarter and everything with oculus like 2012 um you know it was a lot of hype because it was just so novel and new um and people were like oh my god this was like blowing my mind and and i think that everyone um it's kind of feeling a little bit like over that and then they're like oh like what is meta doing with this new headset um at the end of the day you know if you took this headset back uh, a decade ago and like gave it to people they'd be like witchcraft like this is like magic this is <laughs> it's absolutely crazy but i think because we've been um you know building so many successive iterations of improvements over the past you know decade you know we the vr xr community meta right, right? um you know from the early dk1 dk2 days and then the, the oculus rift uh, all the way up through the the quest 1 quest 2 and quest pro um like it's just like a really nice headset. Like it feels like this is how it should have always been. And I feel like people get a little bit complacent of like, Oh, they finally like did the thing how it should have always been. But like, Oh, it's not quite perfect. This, that X, Y, Z like, yeah, it'll get there. It'll keep improving. You know, I, I wish I could see the things that we're going to have in 10 years from now. Like that would absolutely blow my mind today, even though I've been you know, immersed in this world for so long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, it, the biggest kind of difference, and you know, we talked about this before, is like the productivity collaboration and design use cases, right? As opposed to gaming, and so um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it. I think the the general shift of how, uh, like the kind of me, like it's almost like the you know media and uh, and a lot of the reviewer reviewers are having a tough time kind of grasping with that, uh, grasping that, or like wrestling with that because of the fact that. Um, you know, it isn't meant for gaming, and there are no, you know, like Medal of Honor launch titles or stuff like that. You know, and the, like we're the launch title, or Nano is the launch title, Archeo is the launch title, right? Like these different apps that have the, these very specific value adds, um, I think is a really kind of like a, a, a departure from the, the typical Oculus releases in the past, right? So um, mm-hmm. I think in, in that 
way. In that kind of respect, it's kind of a, a 1.0 launch in many respects, right? Um, so uh, I think it would be really interesting to see going forward, you know, how does uh, product and design collaboration focused hardware launches um, evolve, uh, which is going to be interesting, especially because, you know, I remember like when the Quest 2 launched or the Quest launched, like with, uh, you know, they had like the Star Wars game that came out. I remember Medal of Honor was like a huge game, right? Like they had they had these big like um, splashes that everybody was like, oh, I know that brand. That looks huge. You know, like this is going to be a big platform or at least like, you know, there's going to be content there was like kind of a takeaway. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of because there aren't as many established players in the productivity collaboration space, like, you know, Microsoft isn't making an office suite, right? Adobe isn't, doesn't have a design suite. Like AutoCAD doesn't have, you know, like, like cause those would be a one-to-one and that doesn't exist, right? Because the ecosystem is so young. Um, and so I think it would be interesting to kind of see those, uh, you know, trickle one, like, and how different of a path that uh, the productivity and design use cases are taking as opposed to the, the gaming use cases, so... Yeah. And, um, you know, like I, I would love for, you know, all, all the Facebook users, right. To, um, you know, when they get into VR, you know, boot up Nanome and, and learn some chemistry and, and all that. Like, I think that would be amazing. You know, that's really the, the world that I want to see, obviously the science metaverse and all this. Um, but you know, if people do get a headset, like the games are still available, you know, if that's what they're looking for, like, you know, bone lab just came out, uh, the other week. Um, you know, that's a, a long uh, in development title that's just you know really focused on the interactions that you have with different objects in the environment um you know really fun and then there's uh, just all the all the games that are on quest one quest two you know those work as well so I, i'd say there's no shortage of games but you know it is the time where you know they're now focusing on you know all right we're in the metaverse we have these this crazy space age technology like what do we do that actually benefits society and people and humanity and, and helps you know, improve the way that we work um, and the way that we work together to, to build new technology and build you know, new medicine in our case. Um, so I, I just think it's, it's great. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm thrilled that Meta is finally taking, you know, enterprise work and, and um, you know, chemistry, drug development use cases uh, very seriously uh, with their product line. Well, that I think is a great note to end it on. So it's uh, going to be a fairly short podcast um, yeah, thanks again, uh, Steve, for talking about your experience and demoing at conferences. Um, that's about it for this week. And we'll see you in the next Science Metaverse podcast episode. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you in the Science Metaverse.